do not like the Farmer's Carry. I don't feel like Farmer's Carry is like miserable movement. Well, like I said, it, it's, it's... I mean, it's, it's, a, a, it's not like... I mean, by no means is it like the easiest movement, but... No, because I'm still huffing and puffing when I'm doing it. For me, I don't know. Like, when it comes to the Farmer's Carry, when I can break on something and pick it back up pretty quickly and start moving it again, mm-hmm. I don't mind movement so much as that because I'm like, okay, I can move it for 50 meters and then drop it real drop quick it. and pick it right back up and move it for another 50 meters. It's one of the movements where it's a humongous penalty from like dropping or like letting go. Of, yeah. And you, like you have to do this set. A big set is a big penalty if you don't. Kind of like doing like bar muscle-ups or something like that. Like those are the movements where it's like, okay, dropping is a big deal, like ring muscle-ups or something yeah. like that where, or doing like... Well, it just pays to hold on, right? Like doing front squats or whatever, shoulder to overhead. Like anything dropping it is like a big deal. That's always, a, or makes it a lot tougher to like recover from it. But the farmer's carry is not always the case. I feel like... Because, I mean, a lot of people yesterday for, and this was, I guess, last week's workout for them, um, but, like, they were doing 50 meters, so they would go 50, drop it, 50, mm-hmm. drop it. Yeah, a couple people do that yesterday. Where, um, I mean, I want to say, like, almost everybody did. Do you remember when they did that challenge, like, they Dave Casher posted where, uh, I think it was 70s for the guys and 50 for the girls, and uh, the first person, or the person who could do the 400 meters unbroken the fastest? 400 meters unbroken. Unbroken with yeah. 70s? With 70. Dumbbells, too. It had to be dumbbells, which is even worse. Dumbbells was even worse because they, like, tilt down. Yeah. Oh, man. But I had to do it with dumbbells on a track. How long is that holding on to dumbbells? It's got to be say five this, minutes. It was probably four, four and a half, three to four minutes yeah. worth, yeah. In that range, give or take a little bit. That's kind of miserable. That's kind of cool, though. But I'm, I'm sure you can go YouTube it. Um, and pull it up, but yeah, I mean, it was 400 meters for time. He'd always post, he posts like a challenge like once a month, whatever it was there for a little while. And that was one of the challenges. I re- and I remember the guy like having 70 pound dumbbells and throwing himself on the track doing a full long. That's pretty cool though. Uh, Say you're able to do that. I was surprised like they did, you know, you know they've been doing the rogue challenges. Yeah. Um, they did that Elsa challenge. Mm-hmm. I thought the times were going to be, you know, it's still impressive. I mean, I still wouldn't do it. I still couldn't do it. But did you see the times so like the max yeah. L sit? Now it was a pretty low L sit. They had like little bars. I mean, the bars probably looked like they were probably only. Well, I saw they also had to keep their heels four. above like a. Then they have to keep their heels above something. Well, the 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 actual parallettes they were using looked like they were only about six inches off the ground at the most. So it was a pretty low bar. So I don't think they had necessarily anything with the feet, just because it was already a low already there parallette. Um, I think the guy held it for like maybe like a minute twenty. Okay. And the girl really? maybe held it for like maybe like around a minute. I mean, I say that. No, it is a low standard. I'm not holding no I'm not saying I could do but that, but I'm like, I thought it was going to be closer to like three or four, three or four minutes at least. Because I think I remember talking to you. That's like, like the only you time I ever you could break a minute and you were like, no. I don't know. I don't no. know. And I was like, ah, I thought it could. But if, I mean, if they're doing a minute 20, that's. I think that's maybe my threshold would be somewhere around 40 seconds. Like 40? Like 40. 40 still pretty good though. But a pretty low. But it's also, that's. If you can break 30 seconds in an L sit, like that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I suck at L-sits, though. L-sits? I hate anything like a stagnant hold like that. I'm horrible at that stuff. You think you do it off of rings? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the rings, I think we did those rings, L-sits. Uh-huh. I had the rings probably about four, four to five inches off the ground. Like I said, I think I held maybe one time 25 or 30 seconds, but 40 to 45 is probably you're about where I could go. Because it's kind of one of those things, like, once you start hitting failure, you're it's going. <laughs> you maybe got, like, five or ten more seconds left in the bank. That's all you got once you start hitting that threshold. 
But like they had like that hanging challenge. I think that guy. Like, oh, that was crazy. But they got hanging for like twenty minutes. Twenty. It was like nineteen something. Which that's something. extremely impressive. That is straight. I mean, he was like a rock climber. Like he did like the freestyle stuff. Yeah. Like with no no harness. No yeah. Nothing like that's what he did. But he would like alternate hands like every few minutes. He would literally go from hand to hand. Yeah. And just go. Or like um, that D ball hug they were doing. That was. I did that one. I was miserable. Because I mean, what was the top time for that? Like fifteen minutes. I think the girl ended up like killing the guy. Well, the time. girl got like. I want to well. I want to say okay. I think it's wrong. I think the hang was like in the twenties. Yeah, I think they got in the twenty yeah. minutes. A girl did the hold for nineteen minutes. Yeah, with a hundred and fifty. Well, one hundred and fifty pound bag. The, guy now, was the difference was crazy. Right? A guy, I think, only broke like nine, like five. No, I think it was like maybe like five or six minutes. The girl way out did the guy oh, destroyed. Yeah, destroyed. Uh, but no, that D ball was miserable. That's a miserable one. That's a really tough Dude, one. Do your your glutes light up? Your lower back lights up? Your well, abs anything, are on fire. You're, you're like. Trying to squeeze your fingers as much as you can. Well, anything with a sad call. I think the LCA's maybe a little bit different because it's not that long of a time. Because I mean, you're talking about like maybe a minute. Yeah. But I feel like with the hang or like the hold, like the D-ball hold, is like such a mental thing. Well, it's a mint. I did it three times because I was like, I knew I could do better. It's and such so a mental. I did it three different times. And each time I did it, you got better, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it sucks just as bad. It's kind of like doing like a plank or like a wall sit, right? Like, yeah. you could probably go longer, but mentally wise, you Maybe always like, quit. want to give up. Yeah, you kind of always quit. Now, I didn't think it was going to burn as much as it burned. Like, your glutes are like burning, like on fire. Like, like you're doing air squats, like yeah. burning. Um, that's a tough one. That was definitely a tough one. Uh, but no, I was really surprised. I thought the L-Sit was going to go longer than what... If I would have had a guess for the L-Sit, I would have said closer to like, maybe like two minutes. Yeah, I would have said like three, four minutes right in that yeah. range for like more impressive gymnastics people. You know those guys have uh, crazy gymnastics backgrounds, right? I bet like if you got like an Olympic gymnast or something, I bet they could crack too. You think so? I think so. Because I mean, like I said, like, I was only like maybe like a minute 20. Yeah. It wasn't very long. I don't know. I feel like somebody could do more than that. I don't know. I mean, I it's, mean, it's super impressive, like I said. Super I, said I couldn't do but it, but still, I, I thought it'd be longer than that. Yeah. I mean, compared to like the other gaps, like if you tell me to hang from a bar, I could maybe go two to three minutes mm-hmm. hanging from a bar at best, and you're hulking like a guy going 20 minutes. I mean, that's a dramatic difference. Dude, what was that workout? It was hanging from a bar, so you hung from a bar, but every time you dropped off the bar, mm-hmm. you had, didn't you have to like run eight or It was a hero, isn't it a hero workout. It's so. a hero workout. I think it was like, uh, is it just a just a hang and a run? Is it the only oh, two I want to say it's like hang, run, and maybe push ups. I don't remember. I think it's a hero workout, and it was posted on main site. And I think you had to accumulate, what, like five minutes in a hang? Something like that. I think you had to accumulate five minutes in a hang, but every time you drop, you had to run 800 meters. Mm-hmm. And maybe do like some push-ups with it. I don't remember. Um, so, I mean, that's a... And those workouts are always kind of weird because... And I always kind of... I wouldn't necessarily mind programming it, but those Dude, workouts... You have those times. Are, well, the weird... So, so, so far apart. Well, like they have, they have workouts where... They even have like hero workouts where... It's like a 20-minute AMRAP, AMRAP, strict handstand push-ups, and if you fall, it's a four-meter run, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, it's it's a weird concept. It's not necessarily it's a bad workout. I don't say it's a bad workout. It's not. But it's a weird – always, and I was kind of hesitant about those kind of workouts because it's weird in the aspect of like – because you're – because then you like you treat the run super slow because yeah. then you're trying to recover your shoulders, recover. and then you're you like come inside, and you're like sitting around for – 60 seconds because then you're going to pop up like you're trying to like recover enough to make sure you still get enough reps in and I'm like I don't know it's just it's just a weird kind of workout um, 
And maybe if you just kind of threw that all out the window, like don't care about your scores, like I'm just going to go run, come inside, do as many reps as I can and go back on a run, right? Just going to do that for 20 minutes. I guess that's okay. You probably uh, have to like clarify that. You know, right. that, that would be, it's a little bit more like performance versus training kind of aspect yeah. there. Uh, but those are always been kind of a little bit of weird workouts. I've done plenty of those before in the past. It's been a while since I've done something like that, but I don't know. Those kind of workouts always are kind of weird a little bit to me, huh? I've done one with that with wall balls. Like max wall balls. You do max wall balls and every time you drop, you run 400 meters. Was it like an AMRAP or like to a certain No, it was an AMRAP. I don't remember how long, but I mean, I want to say it's like 20 minutes or so. But it's a a weird different mindset. It's a subtle difference between, like let's say you take that workout, right? It's like, okay, let's say it's a 20 minute AMRAP, 4 meter run, max wall balls, right? You just do that for 20 minutes. But then you change up the mindset, say, okay, or until you get to 300 wall balls. Oh, yeah, for sure. And every time you drop, you got to go do a four-meter run. Yeah. That changes the whole entire ball. Changes, well, I mean, you're more willing to probably hold on to the wall. The ball, bigger right? sets. Yeah. Like, I think that's – and I, I, I'm i more like – I like those workouts. I'm more – I like that Like, if you kind of give me like one or the other, like, which one you're going to choose, I feel like I'm almost going to – I'm leaning in towards, like, I'd rather have, like, a set number to try to get to. I was going to say, well, that, at that time, you can, like, give yourself a number, like, hey, I'm going to get 50 – before I go drop yeah. it or 30 yeah. or 20. I think most people probably lean into those kind of workouts just because actually having like a target goal, at least in my opinion, sometimes can help out. Now, when it comes to like the AMRAP style, <coughs> you don't, you're kind of playing that game of like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to come back in here multiple times off a run. So being smart of like trying to match a certain, let's say, okay, I'm going to try to hit a goal of like, 30 wobbles every single time, you know, and just, I'm gonna try to keep that standard every mm-hmm. single time throughout. Uh, you know, then you, then you kind of play that game. I don't know, like I said, it's not necessarily that I, I dislike the workouts. I'm just not as drawn to those programming wise. It's not that it's bad. Cause I remember those, especially back in the heyday, that was a little bit more like classic CrossFit workouts. They program them somewhat like more that. consistently, you know, stuff like that, that and like Tabata stuff. Now that I'm thinking about that, I bet if you did a 200 meter run, that'd be terrible. With wobbles? Yeah. Uh, like I said, four. Well, we so remember that workout. What was that workout? It's probably. But I give you another. It's over the summer. <clears throat> well, we had like the run. I think the wall was like increased by like. I started maybe like a ten or fifteen. We jumped up by five. It was like a hammer uh, for that. That'd be kind of cool. That's kind of cool. We did that workout that one time. Um, I go by threes with like thirty. Be pretty neat. So, I don't know. It's got me thinking about that because I remember. I always thought those workouts were a little bit weird, but they're not necessarily that it's bad. It's just, I don't know. I'm just not as drawn to programming those kind of workouts for me personally. I don't know. Makes it's not as big as fan. I'm more biased. Not that it's bad. It's just I'm biasy wise. I'm just not, just not the biggest as fan. like, <laughs> I really want to program those workouts for the gym. It's also not like, I guess like your style of programming either though. Cause everybody's got their own biases. Everybody, I was about to say, everybody's got their own like little style of programming for sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess this is attempt number two at this podcast. Hello. <laughs> we did it last week, and freaking Chris Hood calls my phone. That, oh, dude, that's right. It completely ruined our whole party. We literally <laughs> deletes half the podcast. We thought it was going to be okay, and then ended up deleting half the podcast. You only got like the back half the whole podcast. I thought so. that was a good podcast, too. And yeah, it was like a 45 minute yeah. podcast, and it completely went to shit because of Chris Hood calling. Oh, I ended up getting like, what, 20 minutes? 25 minutes? Yeah, we got like 20 something minutes of the podcast, and you only got the back half of it. You didn't get the first half of it. So I guess we're going to try attempt number two. At, so Hood, calm it down. Hopefully we'll get another <laughs> phone call on this damn thing. Uh, and so, obviously speaking of like old school CrossFit, you know, because I originally when we were going to do this, we did this podcast last week, uh, you know, that week of, I, you know, we had, October is officially like 
my CrossFit anniversary, yeah, right? Like um, when you started. When I started. And so for me, you know, it's just kind of thinking, you know, for, for me at this point in time, it's almost 11 years into this thing. Um, you know, 11 years of, of doing CrossFit, 10 being a coach, 9 being a business owner. And, uh, you hit the decade mark. Huh? You've hit the decade mark. Hit the decade mark That's as a kind coach. Of crazy. I'll be, think about be a decade of a business owner next year, uh, which is kind of weird to think about. Because, um, like, what that what is that statistic when it comes to, like, a small business? It's like, <sighs> Kaylee took business in college. I don't know if it's, like, 70 or 80% of small businesses felt in 10 years or really? something like that. I think that's whatever the statistic is. Now, there was plenty of times when I was younger where I'm like, okay, that, thinking back on it now, like, if I'd have been – Trying to do that now at 30, you know, 32 years old, trying to do that now with kids, there's no way in hell I could have done that, right? Like, because, uh, like, you know, we talked about it before in the past, I mean, there was plenty of times where, you know, I would go months without really even taking a paycheck, mm-hmm. you know, not making any money at all. Uh, but when you're in college and you're young, you're kind of used to being broken poor anyway, so it's like... So it doesn't really affect you? It doesn't really affect you all that much. You're just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, it is Whatever. what it is now. Um, but I couldn't imagine doing that now at... 32 with like having kids and like, having kids and a family and then going from a paycheck to like no paycheck for a long time and working you know 60 70 hours a week and coaching five or six classes a day and and doing all those things so basically you're never home not making any money yeah. uh that's not going to be a good recipe for a family dynamic uh and so i couldn't imagine doing that now but uh but anyways obviously learning things over the years and uh like we didn't when the podcast got deleted, you know, I've learned a lot as a, as a business owner over the, you know, the 10 years of roughly being a business owner, but also, and that's not really what the podcast is going to be more about. It's just more about how, as a coach and or athlete, you know, how things have changed or stayed the same over the 11 year period that I've been doing it now. And, and, and how long have you been doing it? How many years now? Uh, probably eight. seven, or years. seven, eight, seven, probably seven and a half. Seven, seven years. So yeah. I mean, you're not that far behind me either. Uh, and there's, people here as well as you know started when I started or not too long after right there's still a lot of people who yeah, probably have like what two handfuls or so probably because I started in October of 2011 uh, and there was a good crew of people who started around that same time as me there's probably a good close to 10 people who started around when I started or maybe even slightly before I started um, and I know I'm probably going to miss people. Like, I know, like, off the top of my head, like, Shelley and Abel started around the same time I did. Ursula started around the same time I did. Uh, Paul Bird wasn't too far behind me. He was probably maybe closer to about a year behind me. Rhonda was probably about a year or two after that. Uh, Michael Dowski was somewhere in that time frame, around a year or so. Caitlin Vaughn was probably a little bit after Michael. Uh, and I'm, like, so I'm sure I'm missing some. I know Kaylee obviously started a little bit behind me. Abel? Uh, huh? Abel? Abel and Shelly started around the same time. Mark started crossing before I did. Um, Catherine was probably a year or two after we had started. Um, so, I mean, there's a there's probably a, a good 20 to 30 people here at the gym who are probably pushing close to that 10-year marker now, if not more. Uh, which is pretty cool, you know, because, I mean, how many gyms in the area can say they have, you know, that many members, especially with... It's different when you have, like, a, like a Planet Fitness who has, like, you know, 10,000 members, yeah. you know, compared to our gym, who's only got a price of a couple hundred, um, that, you know, a good portion of the gym, you know, for us, it's probably somewhere around the 10 to 20% of the gym has been 
here for 10 plus years or around 10 years, uh, which is a pretty cool aspect to kind of think about. It's um, always cool when I make the anniversary lists when I'm going through and mm-hmm. I can like see all the like who's, who's where and everything. And I was just recently started putting the 10, the 10 year mark on some yeah. people and I'm like, that's kind of crazy, man. I mean, a decade of, of doing it. And, doing anything, but like... Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys are still very consistent. I mean, it also been points in time where they've been more consistent than others, but, uh, you know, for people who... It's not like they've gone, like, months or even, like, a year without doing it, right? They might go, you know, maybe a couple of weeks without coming, but, like, pretty consistently two to five times a week, people mm-hmm. that have been doing it for a shit of a time, um, which is pretty cool to kind of think about after all these years still doing that. And... Um, you know, I still can remember starting back in, in, in that October of 2011 timeframe and, uh, you know, how much has changed in the way of like the coaching aspect and like how CrossFit in general has kind of evolved over those 10 years, you know, because when I kind of started was like right at kind of like the ramp up phase of like CrossFit started getting really popular because CrossFit actually started probably, I think actually the first CrossFit affiliate was like what, 06, 04 in that range. And you start seeing like affiliates pop up in like big cities, probably in that 2008 time frame. But it was more like a like dungeon esque kind of vibe. It was like you it was know like <laughs> blood and like yeah. you know uh, very hardcore, almost like a secret society thing. You know, uh, like a secret club aspect to it all. Um, way back in the heyday, and then the games kind of started taking off in 2011, and then around like that 2012 to 2014 was like what people consider like the CrossFit bubble where like he saw her seeing like a show of CrossFit affiliates pop up. Like 2014 was like the year. Yeah. Like kind of like peak aspect of it all. And then it's kind of leveled out and obviously it's kind of re-regulated over the past couple of years where, um, it's kind of like, I guess kind of to degree kind of leveled out in the way of like, I don't think there's like a shitload of affiliates popping up Mm -hmm. all over the place. Now I think it's kind of like, I think with most things it obviously hits like an acceleration point and kind of bubbles and that bubble kind of pops and then it kind of gets back down to where, it's a little bit more sustainable, so to speak. Uh, and so, um, and honestly, like when I started, it was very much like competition was like the forefront. That's what of, drove it. That's what drove a lot of CrossFit was like the competition side of things. And even for people who didn't necessarily even have like the uh, drive to compete, that was still like, like... That was like what you thought CrossFit was. Though. Well, it's almost like their <laughs> competition was like the daily workout, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they had like their buddy they were competing against. So it was like an inner competition every single day for them. And I think that dynamic has changed a lot, especially in the past probably three to four years with, especially our gym, the, the community aspect has changed in the last three or four years. It's, it's, and I, in, in my opinion, it's been a really good thing. I think there's a little bit of a sprinkle like the could of SS can be a little bit of a good thing, but I think for the most part, when you can start to like let go, because when the whole empire competing aspect to a degree can, can, can create animosity with, with mm-hmm. people, you know, where it's almost like, uh, like almost like shit talking going on because this person's beating you. And it's like there's animosity between like members because like there's so the competition aspect of it is so, so high that you're so caught up in it that um, it's like not enjoyable anymore. And like it, it, it creates such a, a a bad environment to be around in my opinion. Uh, and like I said, it, it, I think it's fun in the aspect like if you can have like a, like shoot the shit with your buddy and like, like go at it and like, but there's no animosity. With yeah. each other. I think that's fun. Like it's good to have I somebody think, that you like look to and like yeah. see how they did and that way you can like maybe Yeah, I think it springs some intensity a little to a degree. But I think for the most part, like most, we got to that point in time where nobody really gives a shit yeah. about any of that anymore. 
I think we've done a really good job over the years, um, since, especially since the last summer CrossFit, that it's definitely been more centered around like the longevity aspect of it all. And like, it's not necessarily always about the number that you put on the board is more so about the quality of your movement and like making sure you're getting a proper workout for you and your goals and not necessarily trying to do every workout at RX and yeah. like slam your head into the wall. Uh, I think we've done a lot better job of like backing off of that and focusing more on the like longevity of the whole entire thing of like, Hey, we're not looking for you to just do this for a year and burn out from going so hard that, you know, you completely fall apart. I want you to be here for five or 10 more years from now. and like focusing on more moving well, like getting the intention of the workout and not just focus on RX, RX, RX or beat somebody, beat somebody, beat somebody. It's more like, where are you at currently? And like, let me push you a little bit outside your comfort zone so you can improve. But not, it's not about like, we're trying to do this because Jimmy over there did a certain time or something like that. It's more centered on like you and your goals. And that's, as a gym, a lot better of a dynamic to be around than somebody like constantly trying to beat each other, so to speak. Um, so I think that's been like a, a big change in the gym dynamic, which I think has been a really, really good thing for like it's us. it's probably the best change. Yeah, because I mean, even like way back in the day, like I remember like this, just the tension in a room from people who are being so fucking competitive. I mean, it's almost like you'd walk in the gym and like no one would even speak to each other. Like it's like, it's just like that weird, like, okay, everybody's well, here to like, like and it's really, beat, beat I mean, rats, and like, right? when you think about logic, it's, it's so damn stupid. Like, it's like, who gives a shit about yeah. that? Now, you know? like you look back on it and you're like, okay, this is so, so dumb, dumb. How, how that was. And, um, I just think we were like so wrapped up into it that they just, they couldn't get out of the side of their head when it came mm-hmm. to that aspect. And, um, I think the, the, the cool thing, at least in our gym aspect is like, really the only thing people really give a shit is like if somebody's just dogging it right yeah like if somebody's like dude like what the hell man like like what are you, you, you like you're really sandbagging like you're sandbagging yeah. or like dude what yeah. the hell like you're grabbing 20 pound dumbbells like you can grab 25 yeah. like if i'm doing 25 you can do 25s right and it's more like more so it's more of like accountability accountability right? aspect of it what i think is, is a humongous factor and it's not so much of like it's all like back in the day it was almost like I don't want you to do good mm-hmm. in your workout, right? So I can beat you. And it's like, that's, that, that's, to my <laughs> opinion, has pretty much have gone away, which is a really good aspect. I think that's been a, a key takeaway. Over, and that's, that's one of the big things over the past like 10 years, I think we've obviously shifted away from, which I think overall is a good thing. And like I said, I think a little bit of the competitive aspect, a little bit to a degree, can be a good thing. We need that some. little, we need that little bit of something to well, kind of like itch that bug. Well, yeah, like we talked about a little bit to a degree. It's, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, if we just do a workout, it's like, okay, we're doing these three rounds and there is no time, there is no quote unquote score, right? The intensity can drop off a good amount, mm-hmm. which I think can be okay from time to time. But when you're trying to, most people are looking to, you know, look better naked, feel better, move better, things of that nature, that you have to layer in some type of intensity with that. And the clock adds That's a that good way to do it, right? The, the clock adds a layer of intensity to that. Um, and if you take that away, that intensity drops off tremendously. So I, I do think there is a definitely still benefit to using that. Um, but finding that sweet spot of using it for the intensity purposes for you to get a good workout, but not so much where it's like you're now in that comparing mode. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just more about getting the best workout for you, you know, and uh, and more so like focusing on like 
the goal of the workout when we're saying, okay, we want you like to be in a style. 14 to 18 minute window. You're focusing on falling in that 14 to 18 minute window. If I then just give you three rounds and you're not, you know, instead of being a 14 to 18 minute window, you're like 25 minutes. That intensity is way different, right? You're not getting enough, you're not putting enough stress in the body to re- force adaptation and change. Uh, I think that's where the clock comes into play when you're, when you're using it to, cause Bob got 12 minutes and you're trying to beat Bob for 12 minutes and you're completely sacrificing your workout to, to beat somebody. That's when shit can go bad. I feel like that was another thing like back in the day is like you would RX everything and the, maybe the, like the goal was to get 15 minutes, but just because you had the RX that you might end up with like 22, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And you didn't really, I mean, you did it and you probably got a good workout, but you could have gotten such a better workout by scaling that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's really hasn't, really changed what in the past like what five four years four or five years what do you mean by that like 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 crossfit actually started like marketing themselves as like more for like a lifestyle deal and like kind of like got away from that yeah i think when the whole like i said if people were a little bit more new to crossfit not gonna know what i'm talking about here but like when the greg classman who was the ceo across at the time kind of went in with that 2018 2019 when he completely like blew up the whole process and like the crossfit game season it was like like they did like the uh, I don't know the different competitions that you could qualify from mm-hmm. and that, it made things really confusing I think that's obviously when the chain sort of shifting a little bit to a degree because people were like the, the competitive aspect wasn't as intriguing anymore because it was all really confusing and weird so people kind of kind of came out of that and like quit focusing on that so much and that's when a little bit of the dynamic change would I think overall was a good thing um, and I don't know what the whole entire future of like the sport of CrossFit really is going to entail in the long run like Will it still be around in ten or fifteen years? I don't know. I think the style, of, like, like how you work out, will be here. No, but I'm talking like the actual, like the brand, the co- like CrossFit Games, like yeah. the actual games aspect of it all. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually going to be around for the next, like, in ten or fifteen years from now. Do you think that's still going to be around? It's like a that's a coin flip. Like that's I don't know. Flip. Like I, I mean, I would if, like to see us. I mean, but, I wouldn't be completely surprised if CrossFit... But like, in if, five years, if it were to shut down, like, I'm not going to, like... Well, I wouldn't just, be 100% surprised if CrossFit was like, we're just not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And you had some type of other entity came in, like, instead of being, like, the CrossFit Games, like, you... You have, like, Dubai. It was almost right. like, you know, like, the NFL or MLB, like, you have this so-called made-up organization, which is, like, the CrossFit Games, but, like, it's its own separate entity from CrossFit. You know, so to speak, and I don't like, and I don't know how legally. Kind of cool, like, you have like five like yeah. big events and like the winner point system. Like, yeah, and I don't know how legally do. like how that would work out in the long run, like with like CrossFit, like cross like this entity using terminology that CrossFit uses, and like that's still intertwining with each other. Um, that's the hard part about it is that sometimes, like if somebody can somebody sees, like even yesterday I saw this shit because. Um, you remember like the grid league? Yeah. So, okay. So apparently they have like a mini grid league in like Florida, right? Where they have like these little CrossFit teams where, um, you know, it's like comprised of like 12 people, right? And they have like these specialty people, depending on what the workouts are. And like Sports Center, like the on Instagram, posted this girl on that little grid league team doing 10 bar face and burpees, right? Like a blistery Oh, yeah, but she's like literally spinning. Like, like literally like, but like, I mean, no doubt ridiculous blistering pace, right? And she had to do 10 burpees. That was her whole entire workout for that, for that team portion of the workout. Um, but you go look at the comments and it all gets intertwined to CrossFit. Yeah. 
people are like, oh, cro- like this cross CrossFit shit, right. like no, no reps, no, didn't do one single burpee, you know. Uh, and it's like so, so somebody could see that and like that's fucking CrossFit, you know, and uh, that's the hard part about all that shit is like. That's that's not what, what it gets is. advertised is not actually what CrossFit is, I guess. Well, it's like watching, <clears throat> it's like watching you know, somebody who runs a marathon at a two minute pace in Ethiopian who has one hundred and fifteen pounds and like a skeleton, like well, I'm not running. Yeah, I'm not running. Like that's that. what run. Like that's that's like his whole life. <laughs> like that's that's what you're comparing it to. Like you're watching somebody who runs a sub two hour marathon and then thinking like. Well, that's what runners do. That's what runners are. I'm like, that's not what that is, yeah. you know. And uh, that's the hard part about that aspect of the competing aspect, and um, is that people can see that as what that is. That that's what it is, and that's where sometimes the problem can kind of come. And into I think play. that'll always be there, though. Like, yeah. I mean, until you like walk into like a a good like well like program gym like that actually cares about that, mm-hmm. and I feel like that'll always be there. Yeah. And so. Uh, I think, but I, I think it's like one of been, been a big, big change over the past like ten years is that aspect of that. Um, like I said, which is which is a really good thing. Um, and so, but that was that was one of the main things I think obviously is has been a humongous change, uh, and and obviously what all that encompasses with you know movement standards and and, and modifications and scalability of the workouts like that, and people are more willing to do all that stuff and and be more willing and open to knowing and learning. Uh, like for instance, you know, how many people back in the day were like just slinging themselves on a bar to a bar muscle up, yeah. right? And how many people now are like, they might come ask you, right? But they're more willing to say, they're more willing to say, okay, like us, the coaching staff saying, okay, well, I mean, how many pull-ups can you do? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, can, I can't do one. You're like, okay, well. You, I think you really people have... are like probably more willing to walk up to you and be like, hey, what do you think I should do? Yeah. And like for the coach at that point in time, that's the, where you give your honest yeah. opinion and you tell them, hey, well, I compared, pull up today, yeah. right? Because, or like back in the day, you just have guys that jump on the bar like, I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes this workout and try to do a bar muscle up. Yeah. Right? Because that's the RX version. And I'm going to do RX no matter what, bro. You, you know? do like three reps of the workout. <laughs> exactly, right? For a 15 minute AM, right? You sit on the bar for 20 minutes trying to do a freaking bar muscle up. And so uh, I think that's been a pretty cool switch, in my opinion, over the years. I think that's been one of the, the humongous switches over the years. Um, and, and that's just a, as a cultural standpoint of, of a shift, you know, um, which I think has been a really, really good thing. Um, and, and also for me, as, as a coach in general, I think obviously that's been a shift for us as a coaching staff is, you know, back in the day with that competitive aspect kind of intertwined with it, right? As a coach, you almost, um, trying to think of the word here, like almost uh, put that out there to a degree yeah. where, you know. You put it on people. You put, put it on people like, you should want to do bar muscle-ups. You should want to do handstand push-ups. You should want to do handstand walking. You should want to do all these really high skill movements. Um, and that, over the years, it's it's definitely been a big shift of saying like, look, if you want to do these things, that's great, but let's do it in a proper manner to mm-hmm. get you there safely, right? And if you have no interest whatsoever, like, dude, I don't give a shit about any of these movements, that is perfectly fine as well. Yeah. Like, And that's why I tell people, I'm like, look, for those kind of people, I think purple is a really great thing to strive for, right? Because that's like, right, because brown still is like Because right? brown's mm-hmm. like that, like, it's just basically a... You're lower doing, volume you're version like of all black. Like the gymnastics and everything. You're still doing bar muscles, hands and push things like that, right? But purple 
basically eliminates all those things mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, everything now at this point in time is just very basic movements without the high complexity of any movements, right? And if you could work yourself to getting to that kind of weight version with that kind of volume of running and, and doing different things like that, you're an extremely fit human being, right? Where you don't have to learn all these high school movements. And I feel like it's still a really great option for a lot of people to stride to purple um, over a period of time doing it safely, right? And But talk to Cody eight years ago, right? Like, no, you should want to do all these things. Yeah. You should want to do handset pushes. You should want to learn all these high school movements. And that doesn't, that you can be perfectly fine never doing a handset pushup every weekend you should, and being fine never doing a bar muscle up again. Uh, and, that, and that's been a, a big cultural shift as well. And I think people have been, way more people have been more willing to say being cool with like hey that's not for me and like as a coach yourself being that's cool we don't have to do any of that stuff right like my goal for you is to come in here and get a great workout and and, and push and strive and work hard but doing it in a proper manner that's that's right for you you know and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna push my beliefs on you trying to do like because be honest like i can't argue to somebody say why you should have to do a handstand push-up like you don't have to do a yeah. push up. You can strictly do as long as you can give me like a good body weight push up and you can do like a on a strict barbell press, like relatively like a certain percentage of your body weight, you're gonna be generally healthy, right? Like if you can give me a strict pull up, right, that's generally healthy, right? There's no point like you trying to do a bar muscle up isn't gonna accelerate your health that, that much, much more, more right. right? It's not gonna necessarily make like you're not gonna look that much more better naked because now you can do a bar muscle up, right? Now if it helps you add more intensity to your workouts and wants you to strive to like be able to do more things. I think that's also a good thing as well. It could be, those things can help. Um, but it's not necessarily anything that you ever have to do. No, but like if somebody wants to do that, like we're going to give you all the tools to do it, right? Yeah. But if you don't want to, like we're also going to give you the tools to be still be successful and still be healthy in your yeah. workouts. Yeah. And so I think that's been, at least on, especially for me as a coach over probably like the past like five years or so, that's been a, and that's also helped out with with a low amount of system the colors offer. That's been guess. more it's been more socially acceptable as I a gym to do think that as well. Like the best thing I ever done. Yeah, for sure. Because it's more because it's, it's no it made like it a okay, way right. Yeah, it made it like okay, it's socially acceptable to do this color variation, right? Now everybody and their mama hated it when we first started oh, doing God, it. Man, the but now right. everybody probably looks back and they're like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah, man. And people don't like change in general. Uh, but yeah, when we did implement that program, a lot of people were like very, very salty. Well, I don't know if you were here and we did a poor job of doing, this is probably 2013, 2014 area. And some people might suddenly remember this because I only did it for a very short period of time that we try to do something very similar to it. But this is, this is where level method even was a thing is, and it was, it was poor labeling on our part. And so we called it like level three level two level one oh. and people were like oh well you're saying my level one athlete you know and so people were very very upset yeah. about that so like we did it for like a week or two we completely scratched because everybody that's why i like the colors <laughs> <laughs> people were like very upset getting labeled with a certain like number you know uh and so we, we did it for like a short period of time where we were like hey this is level three this is level two and people were very very upset with that i've seen it also done with like animals and I think that is also a terrible. What do you mean? Like this is like so the, like this is I, like the wolf version. Literally, of the there's like there's like alpha alpha. There's like there's alpha like alpha. Right? Oh shit! And then it goes all the way down to like beta. <laughs> oh no! And then I've seen another one with animals where it like starts off with like a gorilla, and then it'll go down to like a deer or like a rabbit. Oh, and so man. it's like I've seen some bad bad bad. Ones. Yeah, that's not good good labeling. So like we did a poor job with that. That was, that was way back in the day um, that people did not like the 
whole labeling of like the numbers and things like that. And then, then we did do a little bit of something which worked out okay. I think at the time we just kind of letters like A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there for a short period of time, we were also were doing like, hey, here's the RX version. Here's the A version. Here's a B version. B version C, which is basically the same thing with colors, right? We just label with letters instead of the colors. And that was just basically, you know, we kind of implemented that for a period of time as well. And that worked out fine. Um, but I remember when we did the 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 level thing that was uh that was not a it's good sure. that was not good um but uh and so and honestly some things that I, I still believe to this day 10 years later or 11 years later for me is that um and, and it's been a little bit of a shift a little bit to degree like if you'd asked me when I first started like when you kind of get that when you drink that cross juice and you're so um consumed by it and you you know you want everybody to to, to do it right like you're like everybody should be doing CrossFit right like that's the, that's the thing everybody should be doing it and and I still believe like CrossFit is for anybody but not for everybody mm-hmm. you know where and I know we talked about this before the podcast got deleted was um, you know I think now in our gym is at this point in time where we have the biggest range of like age groups in our gym that we ever have have ever had ever um, you know because rewind back 10 years ago Pretty much everybody in the gym was between twenty and forty. Mm-hmm. So probably that was, and it's still. I mean, in our general average gym, it's, it's got like it's got over the older over the years. Our average age is probably like closer between thirty five to forty five now. Is so that general average of our gym? Well, it's also. I mean, people got ten older. years ago. Like, yeah, people just got older. And people just right? just gotten older, but um, our general average of our gym has probably gotten closer to like forty five to forty five compared to like probably closer to like thirty was the age mm-hmm. when it was more popular, and. Um, but now, I mean, we have, you know, five to ten members now, they're 60 plus, yeah. you know, and so, cool. and then back in the day, you maybe had one person, maybe two people in their 50s, you know, and so it's pretty cool how that's changed or evolved where truly CrossFit, anybody who was is interested in doing it can do it, mm-hmm. right? But obviously CrossFit is not for, for everybody in the sense of that, you know, some people just generally do not want the intensity of a workout yeah. like that. And and that's fine. Like I still think the big, the, well, I always tell people like the best exercise program is the one you can stick to, right? And like some people do not want to come in here and like work that hard. Yeah, they're hard in, in a workout, right? Like, yeah. And I do think like if you could take a full spectrum of like, think of it like like this, at least, at least the way I think of it in my head, is if you look at the lowest barrier of entry to a gym, would be like a planet fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Where, and that's where their marketing is all towards. It's the, the person who doesn't work out, right? Who doesn't really even really like working out that much is that's what the market. That's what the marketing of planet fitness is. Is let's and for ten dollars a month, like you're harping on somebody who's never. You're banking on never showing up. Yeah. They're gonna come in for like a week, do a few little things on the machines, walk on the treadmill for three I mean, minutes. They don't really care if you come in or not, right? They get, could give a shit less yeah. food there. They right, the model is like, get 10,000, I, mean, I think the base model is like, they require you almost have 10,000 members. To just be open? To basically be open, right? And so, uh, that's like the lowest barrier of entry, right? I think from there, like your next evolving into fitness would be something like an Orange Theory, right? Where it's a little bit more, the intensity is now a little bit higher. Obviously, you have more instruction, things of that nature where your intensity's revved up and you're more invested into the fitness level, right? But even that to a degree has a lower barrier of entry, right? Because everything they do is very, very low complexity. It's very 
when you walk into an Orange Theory, right, and you see treadmills, and you see rowers, and you it's see dumbbells, knows what to do you've you. already seen that growing up, right? So that looks way less intimidating. And obviously, it's a step up from like a traditional gym in that sense of like a plan of fitness, right? It's definitely a, a step where you're getting in a more highly advanced fitness skill level, right? And then you completely go at the, at the top end of the spectrum of like, where is the peak of all this of like fitness, like spectrum wise? I still think even after all these years, CrossFit still sits on that peak of that, right? Yeah. Where, you know, if you're talking on a full spectrum of conditioning and strength and athleticism and explosion and the thing that's going to make you look the best naked, I think CrossFit's the tip of that spear still, even after all these years, because it still involves so many different aspects of fitness that you get the best well-rounded version of fitness that you can possibly get, right? Um, but it's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to want to do all those things. And I, I, and I think that's obviously okay, right? So one, the best exercise program is one you can stick to. But if you're looking to evolve your fitness to get the best, well-rounded version of everything you can possibly get, I think CrossFit still sits on that end of that spear all these years later. You know, I mean, I, almost a degree, I almost of the stress to say, like, if you were to go do a different type of fitness regimen in the way of, like, a branded fitness regimen, it would be a step down. Yeah. Right? I think the only way you would move laterally in the way of like a fitness spectrum is you'd have to do something that's way center to you and your goals. So there'd be like personal training. Almost like right? a personal training yeah. aspect, right? Like that would be the only way to pivot laterally in the way of like you're not going to miss out on some of the fitness spectrum. Yeah, you go backwards. Exactly. Um, which is still cool to think about all these years because even when I first started doing CrossFit, you know, it was almost, uh, it kind of got lumped in with like, like it was going to be a phase. Like Tybo, or like P90X, right? right? Like, it was going to be a fad, like, it was going to die out in two or three years. And, you know, at this point, how many 11 years in, the CrossFit itself as an entity is probably, you know, pushing towards 20 years now. It's like peak, right? It's, it's still, it's still going strong and it's still a very peak of the spear of way of fitness is. And, um, you know, like we talked about, like, even though it is a tip of the spear of, like, a way of a fitness program, is that it can be adjusted in the way of to done at any fitness. So I think people hear that and like, okay, well, it's only for elite people of fitness. It's like, no, it's not necessarily like that. It just, it can trickle all the way down to entry level, right? You can be elite, elite or you can be somebody who just yeah. have to work out. But, but the sky is the limit, so yeah. to speak, right? Like, um, I think with most fitness regimens, right, there's a, there's a, a low barrier of entry, right? But there's a very low ceiling as well. I think with CrossFit, it has such a broad range of a very, it can be a very low entry barrier of entry, but it also has such a high ceiling on how far you can go with it, depending on really, really what you want to do with it, right? But as a coaching staff, that's what we've done a great job of, like center the program based off what you want. Because not everybody gives a shit about being the tip of their fitness yeah. aspect, right? Like, like <clears throat> I want to be generally fit. Like, I want to be decently strong. I want to have flexibility. I want to have coordination. I want to feel like I want to look better naked. I want to feel like I'm fit. And CrossFit provides all those things and, uh, you know, at an appropriate level for what you're willing to kind of give, you know? And so it's been cool in that aspect of all these years later, I still believe out there, like, CrossFit still gives you the best well-rounded fitness that you can operate in you know besides like getting like a personal trainer of some kind that will provide those same aspects this is maybe in a slightly different way where you're still getting all these different aspects but they just kind of maybe slightly tweak it from what so-called crosses you know and you, you see that a lot some, you still do crossfit at that point. well you still see that a lot like, like even jennifer was talking about uh like your circuit classes that's crossfit like 
what was that? I think it's called, I haven't watched it. I've seen advertisements for it. Uh, it's like Limitless, um, but Chris Hensworth. Uh, like oh, the, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Disney. He just came out that. with that, right? Yeah, and he like, does like different tests and, and whatever else. But anyways, he was talking about like he had done like these different tests and the guy was like, your conditioning is complete dog shit. Mm-hmm. And so he's like sort of putting through different training and without calling it CrossFit, but what they're showing, he was doing CrossFit, right? And like you see that a lot with people. Or you'll see them, you'll, they'll say functional fitness. Yeah. Like Dave but, Goggins but says functional fitness. But they're, they won't say CrossFit. But they're doing CrossFit, right? Like it might have like a slight tweak to it where it's not like fully on like CrossFit. It's like 95% CrossFit, mm-hmm. dude. But you don't want to label it that because sometimes CrossFit can come with like the stigma to it. Like I don't you're doing know. doing a 20-minute workout of duck, squats and push-ups. Exactly. Like, like it's like, okay, you're doing CrossFit, dude. Like you just, even though you're not labeling it that, you are doing that. And so. Uh, and I feel like that's a lot of people just not wanting to say they're doing CrossFit. Exactly. And that's, and I know we even talked about it on the podcast. Like, you know, we even consider do we drop the name CrossFit off yeah. the building? Like, even though we're still doing the same shit. It's just got a weird it just Some people just right. have that stigma to CrossFit that they're like, I'm not doing that. Right? But I could literally put you to the same workout. I'm like, oh man, this is great. I'm like, you just fucking did CrossFit. Yeah. You know? And so, um, but I don't know. Just some people have that stigma behind it that they're just not going to do it. And so, um, but, but even here though, like we, we've had, I guarantee, like I get all the time new people come up to me and be like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I hated CrossFit. And, like I never thought I'd do CrossFit, mm-hmm. and then they're coming here, and now they're showing up four or five times a week. Yeah. Right? So it's just weird. Well, I mean, even when I started, even for us, I told this story before. I'm pretty sure on the podcast. I told you this from the podcast. Like this is probably at the time, probably 20, because I started in 2011. This is probably either 09, 2010, because probably a year or two before I did CrossFit. I was I was getting my oil changed somewhere, and I think I had like a some type of workout shirt on, right? Obviously it wasn't CrossFit, some type of workout shirt. And the guy there, um, and uh, the guy was like, oh, do you, you, know, you work out or like that? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I like working out. And he's like, man, you should try this thing called CrossFit, you know? And I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I'm like, I ain't doing that stupid shit, you know? Uh, but until, like, fast forward a year or two later, obviously Dude, I was made up with it, right? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that some people just have the stigma behind it and, uh, like I said, I don't know in the long run if we will or will not drop the name. Like I said, nothing would change other than just the fact that it just allows maybe a little bit lower barrier of entry for somebody to actually get started because it doesn't have the name CrossFit to it, right? If we call it Hurricane Fitness or Hurricane Gym. people willing to walk through the door. Sorry. Maybe people are more willing to walk the door and give it a shot even though we're not necessarily doing anything different than what we're doing. It's just the labeling aspect, and that can change somebody's mindset. And that's a big deal. It's just people's mindset behind a fitness regimen, right? Because if you truly – aren't happy or like you automatically go in with doubts and like you're like not even gonna like dude I ain't doing this then you're less likely to actually stay join and do it um, so that's something we've thought about for the past but we obviously haven't pulled the trigger on it um, but that's not something like well I said I haven't will, will or will or will or not I don't know but uh, it's there is a possibility I think it's the like future. business owner probably does more good to bad. Yeah, I know we've had this conversation yeah. before because I mean, how do people, because then you also get the benefits of like, you, get, like, you have CrossFit, right? So if somebody right. looks up CrossFit, you know, honestly, we pop up, pop up. You know, if you just type in fitness and then you're also getting lumped in with every fitness gym, so it's what there is out mean, there. If somebody does CrossFit and they look up gyms in like Charles and they see our website and the photos on our website, they're going to be like, okay, that's a, that's a CrossFit gym yeah. just without the name. So, so and then, uh, I guess really the, just the last thing really of it all and, um, is, I don't know if people get sick of me talking about it to a degree, is um, just like the nutritional side of things. You know, uh, I think starting off with, and I think even 
we talked about this last time we talked about it last week before the, the podcast got deleted was you know how many people were like I can almost like CrossFit was a way to out train a bad mm-hmm. diet so to speak. Like if you did CrossFit you could eat whatever you want. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just because the workouts were so intense and so hard that you know you can just dude you can almost like eat the way you want because <laughs> the workouts are so tough. Um, and putting nutrition more on the the forefront of this whole entire situation and like over the years, I mean, obviously I knew nutrition was always important, but, um, you know, a lot more of my energy was spent in the, the training aspect realm. And, and it's obviously, I still think it's obviously very important, but the, for the general population who's coming in here four days out of the week for an hour, nutrition is leaps and bounds so fucking important. Your results literally go through the roof. Yeah. And, and like, we talked about this some boxes get deleted but you know look at Haley right like Haley's a primary example of somebody who was here for close to, I think close to two years um, before she was like okay I gotta get a handle on my nutrition right you know after a year and a half you know roughly I think her being here body composition wise wasn't like a dramatic difference really yeah, it probably changed but it probably didn't change too but it wasn't like a dramatic visually referencing to the eye difference right you put her on the in body yeah there's probably some changes, references the way of like body fat dropping down muscle mass ratio Increasing, but it wasn't a dramatic difference. You know, after a year and a half, roughly, of, of doing this, you know, back in January, it's like, okay, I need to do something for my nutrition. I need, I need to change something here. You know, and fast forward now, you know, we're a year working on nutrition now, and she's down 60, 65 pounds and down, you know, over 10% body mm-hmm. fat. And, like, you see well, a visually, dramatic right? visually difference yeah. with her, right? And if you can pair up, like all the great benefits of, of doing the program with a solid nutritional base, like that's that's a too big a piece of the puzzle that you need. And uh, and still, you still have a lot of people who get so centered in around the workout aspect and they completely forget it and like don't even care about the nutritional aspect what they do, but they're just like, it's not on the forefront. It's like yeah. where the, the work, you know, workout aspect of it is. They're not going to take time out of their day to like yeah. worry about it, right? And, and it's like if... And it's still something we have to continue to work on as a gym. It's like the nutrition aspect of it all. And that and that's way harder than the workout aspect of it all because you can sacrifice a couple hours of your week, you know, come work out three hours out of your week, right? Like three one-hour sessions, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, that's a commitment, but it's something that can be done, right? But when it comes to nutrition, right, that's not through 24-7, 365 day a year thing. That, that's a lot more of a difficult task to ask of somebody. And so uh, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, we still need to continue to do a better job of like talking about nutrition and like getting people to think about nutrition more, like ask more questions about nutrition because there's just so many aspects and there's so much bullshit out there that people have that they see and they read and things like that. And they, you know, they get fooled of the marketing campaigns and, and things of like that because it, it sounds too good to be true, you know, and on, as human nature, you're, you're, drawn into the very flashy aspects of things that seem like that, right? The, the shiny object syndrome. And so naturally you get drawn into wanting doing those things, um, you know, cause, uh, and, and, you know, and, and I fell victim of that, right? When I was younger and, and things like that, that you take these supplements, things like that, that promise you the, the moon Heaven. <laughs> and it's just not the case. And, uh, you know, and, and it's still prevalent all the time. Like there's always this one new thing that pops up every two or three years that everybody new diet or whatever. jumps on board, whether it be a diet or a supplement or whatever it may be that everybody hops on our drink. 
that everybody hops on the board on because that's, that's the big news craze that's going to make you see all these results. And, you know, then it's just rehashed out again a couple of years later to be something else. When what everything... blows my mind is people still do the smoothie diets. Like the cleanses? Like, blows my mind still. And it's, it's just, it's one of those things until you can finally cut through all the bullshit of just saying, you know, take the principles of working out, you know, a handful of times a week, you know, three to five times a week, sleeping X amount of hours a week or a day, and then getting control of your food intake and eating the proper portions, eating the proper amounts of proteins and eating whole foods and, and drinking water throughout your day and whatnot. Like the very simplistic, basic things as that was going to get you the most results for the longevity of all this. And you can quit finally getting over all this gimmicky stuff. Then you can truly live a whole healthy life, right? But until you decide to change up your mindset for that, you're always going to be spinning your wheels time and time ever again, where you're going to jump on this new thing every single time and you might see some results because always, because it's one of these things where, for instance, I was watching this video and they're talking about, uh, they were reviewing the top five testosterone boosters on Amazon that all had like thousands of readings, all five star ratings. And they went through each supplement going off what was compounded inside the supplement. None of which any of them had any scientifically proven like evidence to boost your actual natural testosterone. Anything very significant, right? Like on a, on a scale of like a one to a thousand, right? Like most guys, let's say the average general testosterone of a, of a normal male in their 30s is 400. I'm just throwing out random numbers. I'm not really sure on that. It might have increased at like 50. Like Very marginal, right? Like when people, like you're talking to people who are usually getting like TRT or like testosterone, you're talking about hundreds, hundreds, right? Like hundreds. And so very, very minute, if anything at all. And, but everybody, if you look at their Amazon ratings, like we swear that this was like the God-given supplement. Like this was the thing that was going to put you over the top. And what studies show time and time again, when people do something, this is an example, the same thing would happen with, with let's say a female with some type of drink they're doing, uh, that usually when you invest money into something like that, you're more willing to like, well, you, all of a sudden now, cause I'm taking the supplement right? now, I go from working out one time a week to five times a week. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start eating a little more protein. You start focusing on your diet more. Yeah. All of a sudden now you, obviously something's gonna something change. starts happening. Right. But, and there's a, there's definitely that case of the placebo effect of like taking the supplement is going to make me, you know, get me this, to this body composition that I want. Um, but and because you truly believe that, then all of a sudden you start doing other things that are in line with what you think is going to happen, right? Like if you can take this pill that you think is going to get you there, then all of a sudden all of your actions start in lining with that. And that necessarily isn't a bad thing, but then as soon as you, from there, quit taking the supplement or whatever it may be, and you start to fall off track again, then all of a sudden you're, you put all, all that weight back on again. Um, but so many people get so reliant on just the supplement aspect of it all and, and not the actual basic stuff, that's where the problem starts coming into play. And so if my biggest thing that I still keep striving with people is just the nutrition aspect of it all. It's such a hard thing it's a hard as, as a coach when it comes to nutrition because um, there's, there's – and I hate to even like – because it is, it is a frustrating thing as a coach to talk. Because it's one of those things like 
everybody has a reason for they can't why they can't do it. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, like, oh, you know, I just can't lose weight or, you know, my family's always been big or, uh, my blood. It's, it, there's some, there's, there's some X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. And they, and they have it in their mind that they will never, they can't be a certain way because of these uncontrollable aspects that has nothing to do with their habits and the actions that they're doing. And, and that's a very hard thing as a coach to change somebody's mindset that it's, it's nothing with any of that as it is just with what you're, what you're doing, like your, your habits and what you're putting into your body on a consistent basis. Um, and people don't necessarily want to hear that. Um, they want to feel like there's something that there's either information they're not doing or there's something like an input and then automatically see like yeah. results, right? Or there's some type of something they're not taking that's not making this results. That has nothing to do with their food intake. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with something else. And that, and then 99% of the time, that's likelihood, not the problem. Um, is there instances of outliers? Sure, there always is. But the chances of that it being you, probably not. Because, I mean, more often than not, when you talk to somebody, there's always some reason why they can't lose weight. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to you working out in a gym, it's easy because I can visually see the effort you're putting in, right? You're either showing up, you're not showing up, and I can see the kind of effort you're doing when you're putting in here. But when you leave these four walls of this building, I can no longer control that anymore. I can't visually see it just at that point in time comes down to you being Trust truthful or not. And like, and sometimes people might feel like they're being truthful, but in all actuality, there's, they're, they're not, they're not fully comprehending the amount of consistency that's going to be involved in nutrition to see the results they really are after. Right. If I only, if I eat properly two or three times out of the week, some people see that as like, that's me eating healthy the way I should be eating healthy. It's like, okay, well, there's also four days out of the week that you're eating like a complete asshole. Yeah. And that's why you look the way you're looking, and that's why you, you're or not losing you weight. Or six, six Oreos every day, mm-hmm. but you eat them seven days a week, and then the whole back Oreos is gone, right? And so that that's the hard part about it. Um, but that's, that's one thing over these last 11 years is like the importance of nutrition has, has gotten even higher with me over these years. Even though I knew it was important when I was younger, um, it's even gotten even more important, especially when, you know, with the general public of people who aren't like crazy fitness enthusiasts, but they're like, they come in here three or four times a week. They know it's important. Um, and they want to look better and feel better, but they're not taking nutrition very seriously. That's a thing that can be a complete game changer for somebody. If they, if they start taking it a little bit more seriously and start sacrificing a little bit more time and be willing to put in consistent work, can play a humongous dividends. So, uh, this thing's telling me we got a six. This is definitely by far the longest podcast we've ever done. We we're at, at fifty-eight minutes. Great, really. And we have a sixty-minute time cap on this thing. We're at fifty-eight, <laughs> or fifteen right now. Our time cap's coming up. The time cap's <laughs> coming up on this on this on this podcast. And so, uh, so anyways, I think actually this podcast went better than the last one we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously a lot has 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 changed over the eleven years. Some things haven't. Uh, but I thought it'd be a kind of a cool podcast to kind of hash it out and kind of put my thoughts out there on the podcast and uh, you know. And, and different things like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, and also we got some more stuff we got to talk about with, you know, the new year coming up and, and things like that. But, um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it and, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later.